It's 25 minutes past the hour on a Monday morning in November, in the year of our Lord, 2019. I am Matt Wilcom, Communications Director for the Winona Rochester Diocese, along with Father Randall Kazel. I have crossed the border into the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, in order to recruit. No, I'm just, just spent some time <laughs> with Father Randall Kazel, who is yeah. pastor here in Pine Island, Church Good. of St. Michael. Glad to have you here, Matt, and glad to have all of our listeners with us this morning. Uh, usually here at the parish, uh, Monday morning is pretty quiet. The office is actually closed. We're open Tuesday through Fridays, and you're only my day away. So I, it's great to be here. I can't think of a uh, one of the great ways. I, I'm not sure if I would say the best way to spend my day away, to be on the radio, but it certainly Certainly not there. with me. <laughs> certainly not oh, the I best did. way to spend your day. <laughs> I apologize for that. No, thank you for inviting us here and allowing us to broadcast Real Presence Live here from St. Michael and Pine Island. And well, it's really a joy, Matt, because this is an opportunity to share the gospel. You know, what, what better work can there be? We have the, the greatest uh, work or effort there is known in the human family to share Jesus Christ and the way to eternal happiness. We all have in that in our heart. We want to be happy. And however that gets defined or however that is, the definition of happiness uh, is Jesus. Jesus is our happiness and experiencing his love, his grace. Uh, and the mystery is, is how we, well, St. Augustine had talked about that, how people can search for happiness apart from the source of happiness. And any other way of happiness really leaves the heart unhappy. That's that mystery of faith that we need to come to believe and find and discover that our love and thirst for happiness is only in him. Right. I uh, enjoy answering the questions from my own children. They're ages 10 10 and 12. Uh, The six-year-old doesn't quite ask, you know, that deep of theological questions yet, but my older kids, they've come up with some doozies here lately, and it's always a a challenge for me. It's a challenge to me when I don't know the answer, I don't remember (laughs) the answer, (laughs) even though... I've got a couple of degrees in this area, and I have to go look it up. It's always very humbling. And so it's always a good idea to remember for me that the gospel is not only for people who have theology degrees, but it's for everybody. You don't need to have studied theology formally in order to have a personal relationship with the God who created you and loves you and wants you to be with him forever. Yeah, amen to that, Matt, because, yes, a a degree doesn't make you a saint, or a degree doesn't make you wise, but it's the grace of the Holy Spirit. Being close to Jesus uh, has made people... Uh, the smartest and the best they could possibly be. They And our Lord has set many people without any uh, higher education to be examples and models of holiness. And so the great teacher is Jesus himself. Uh, and the great school that we can attend to learn the meaning of life is in the school of the love of the heart of Jesus Christ. Right. And our Blessed Mother is the one who leads us in that school. I think John Paul wrote about that. The The school of Mary is, is right there in the classroom of the, the love of the heart of Jesus and how his wisdom, his grace, the Holy Spirit leads us to surrender our will to divine will. And that's the, the source of happiness and peace. Uh, so we, so. Uh, as a family, we went last night to an All Saints party for the kids in Winona at the cathedral. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun to see all these kids come up dressed up as their favorite saints. And everybody else tried to guess what the saint was. And uh, I actually couldn't guess about half of them. Wow. Was, there, were, there were some pretty pretty obscure ones that I don't get a whole lot of press, which 
it was another humbling moment for me because I think I know everything about the Saints, right. <laughs> but uh, evidently I don't. But a credit to those parents who are exposing their children That's to these right. Saints. That's, That's great. Yeah. So, uh, again, this is Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham along with Father Randall Kazel, and uh, we're coming up on a, our next segment. Which is Straight Talk. Call in now at 877-795-0122 to talk to Father Randall Kazel, the pastor of St. Michael's Parish in Pine Island, Minnesota, about anything that might be on your heart regarding the faith, something that you might want to speak to him about, speak to a priest about. Now's your chance to call in. You can even do it anonymously. Yeah, you don't have to give us your name. You call just, in. You can, but you can, they can go through the website as you well. Can go through, through yeah. the website, through our Facebook page, the RPR Facebook page, and do it that way. Uh, but again, the number eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, and Father Randall Kazel is eagerly awaiting to answer your questions about the faith or something else that might be on your heart that you just got to get off your chest. Right. That whatever questions there may be, I'll do my best. I guess if I don't know, I'm going to refer to you, Matt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, speaking of the All Saints party you went to last night, we went here at St. Michael uh, last Friday. Okay. We had a similar experience, some saints uh, that I had not heard of. It was uh, inspiring to see the young, uh, the youth dressed up. And uh, it's it's great that we can celebrate the lives of the saints and we hold them as models, even in this little way of dressing up and learning about their lives, knowing some details. We had, you know, we're here at St. Michael. We had, we had a lot of St. Michael's. Uh, we had some blessed mothers. We had some St. George's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, uh, St. Francis and a few others. So, and uh, it was a really a fun night. It was my, great. Uh, yeah. My daughter, she, she went to St. Faustina, Faustina Kowalska uh-huh. of the divine mercy fame. Yes. And uh, our other son, Went as uh, was Saint Giuseppe Moscati, oh, the Italian doctor. Doctor, yeah. And then uh, our other son, he didn't quite know what to do. He, he was trying to figure out who who should I be, and so I said Saint Benedict, and uh, and then I had to explain to him what Saint Benedict was specifically known for, and I thought for sure that if he got up there and said he was known for his hospitality that somebody would guess it, but it took a couple other clues uh-huh. to get to that point where somebody finally guessed, oh, St. Benedict. Yeah. What a great saint, though, St. Benedict. Yeah. Uh, he, through prayer, of course, but also the founding of the Benedictines, uh, helped to convert much of Europe. Yeah, uh, really the father of Western monasticism. Yes. so That's fantastic. So that's what my kids went as last wow. night. Well, And they got some good food to go along with it. Very good. Dancing as well. It was a good, great event. But uh, right now, it's your chance to call in and to ask Father Randall Kazel anything you'd like about the Catholic faith. And the number is one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Father Kazel is waiting to speak with you right now. Again, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Yeah, you know, one question that I've fielded here just in the last few days, Matt, was uh, from parishioners about all souls and the souls in purgatory. You know, what as Catholics, what are we called to be about in relationship? Because even though we may not be able to see them necessarily um, uh, or interact directly, that's the way the great most of us are. You know, and our Lord does allow some extraordinary uh, times when some Catholics are able to see or perceive the uh, souls that may our Lord may allow them to come into our material experience in order to ask for prayers and intercession. But 
ordinarily our faith informs us that we must pray for the souls in purgatory, offer sacrifices, offer the holy sacrifice of the mass for them, and to keep them in mind because they are undergoing a purification, a purification from uh, any attachment to sin that was not purified in this life, uh, also a purification to God's justice because there, there are two qualities regarding sin, personal sin. One quality is the question of guilt, and the guilt for sin can be forgiven through the sacrament of confession, uh, especially particularly if it's a mortal sin, that's what we need to do. If it's a venial sin, that could be forgiven also in the sacrament of confession, and also uh, in an act of contrition, that we it's good to examine our conscience each day. So there's the guilt that we incur due to sin, but then there's also the damages. So when we sin, we damage God's creation, which also might be our own soul, our own life, could be the, the souls or lives of others, could be some aspect of this created world, which belongs belongs to God, and he has gifted to us uh, for our good and for his glory. So we, we, purgatory has that aspect of expiating for the damages that our sins can cause to creation, including our own selves and others. So we help our brothers and sisters in purgatory because our Lord's sacrifice on the cross is full and complete. And when we petition for the graces of our Lord to complete and final the purification of brothers and sisters in purgatory, uh, it helps them and aids them in a, in a beautiful way. Uh, do you get a lot of people asking you to say masses for their deceased relatives? We friends? do. Yeah, we do. We're we're oftentimes booked six to eight months wow. out. Yeah, that's oftentimes we have people. So I'm I not only serve here at St. Michael. I want to recognize our good faithful and St. Paul in Zambroda, that's right. St. Mary in Belchester, Holy Trinity in Goodhue, St. Columkill in Bell Creek. I've got to write all of these down <laughs> so that I don't want to make anybody feel like they're left out. No, I don't I want apologize. to. I don't want to. No, don't worry, Matt. It's and and uh, but we we we. But the people here, they, they love praying for the faithfully departed. And, and one thing we, we've had in the bulletin this last weekend is that be mindful to go to visit a cemetery. Uh, we can have a plenary indulgence that we can obtain for uh, a soul in purgatory just by visiting the cemetery and praying for the intentions of our Holy Father. Uh, that's, that inc- it's not a drive-by visit. It's really going into the cemetery and pausing, even if it's only for a few moments. But it, it's, it's a visit, and the visit could be longer, which is very good. But uh, you visit a cemetery. This goes from November 1st through November 8th. It's a particular timing of a of an opportunity for a plenary indulgence each of those days. You know, one plenary indulgence per day is what we can ask for from our Lord in his treasuries of grace. So it's kind of an octave from All Saints Day onward. Yes, that's right. That's I, right. I don't even know if I knew about this before you just said it. I mean, yeah, it, perhaps it's not advertised so well or taught, but it, it's, it certainly is in the Enchiridion of Indulgences, it's called, which is the official book that the church has published on all the various indulgences, particularly plenary indulgences that one could obtain. You can, you can find that online, wow. uh, or you can, of course, obtain one in print if you should like. Uh, wow. We've got to uh, we've got to publicize this more <laughs> yes, widely. I, I had no idea you could get a plenary, a plenary indulgence. As opposed yeah. to a partial indulgence is? A f- the plenary indulgence is a full remission uh, of all the, the punishment or the uh, purification. It's a full uh, remission of the purification that, that is uh, needed according to God's justice and his wisdom for a soul in purgatory. Uh, whereas a partial indulgence, which there are, are many such opportunities for a partial indulgence, uh, uh, that would be a partial remittance. Uh, there is the, there's an aspect of mystery regarding the experience of the souls in purgatory that they're, they're there seemingly for an extent of time, uh, but it's also uh, that there is this quality where our Lord remits the amount of time. That there's a there's a, a both and regarding how the souls in purgatory experience it. They're on their way toward eternity in heaven. That experience. Uh, so there's 
but there's a passage of this purification. Because remember the time, that if we define time, which, which it is, is a, is a measurement of change. If we look at each day, what, what changes? Well, we get to the darkest spot at midnight, you know, normally, and then you move toward dawn. It's a change in the light, and then you go through noon. It's the high place of the sun, and, okay. and on then change continues to happen. So in purgatory, the passage of change, well, what's changing? The soul is becoming purified from any attachment to sin, and furthermore, the soul is atoning to God's justice, and the soul is being readied for perfect, complete, full union with the will of God without any blemish or any imperfection, because that's what it must be before coming before the face of God in heaven. So even though once we pass from this life to the next, we're outside of space and time, we can Mm -hmm. still, on this side, talk about time. When it comes to purgatory. Yeah, because it's a, it's, in a sense, it's a measurement of change. Uh, once one enters into a permanent state, say in heaven, then there is no more change for that soul. There's no more change that's in, in God himself. You know, God has never changed at all. And that's one of the key things understanding Jesus and the hypostatic union. That is the union of his divine nature, the second person of Trinity, with his human nature. There's no change in his divinity when that happened. No change whatsoever. Uh, but he, he willed to have that union so as that we could have the chance to change, to receive the gift of his divine life and the Holy Spirit, that our hearts inside ourselves may change uh, in the way that he desires uh, for eternity, and that we may begin that process of purification and sanctifying grace now cooperating with God's grace in our interior will. Uh, It's really beautiful, but the purgatory is that uh, for a soul on the way to heaven uh, is that final place of change. But if we can change as much as we can right now to be united with God in the surrender to his will, all the better. Because it's possible to avoid purgatory. Yes. And uh, the saints tell us that's that's a big advantage if we strive for that. And the graces of the church are certainly available to us to do so. That's fantastic. You're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Straight Talk, where you have a chance to call in at 877-795-0122 to talk to Father Randall Kazel about anything that might be on your mind or heart regarding the Catholic faith. And we do have someone calling in right now, kind of piggybacking upon what we were just talking about with indulgences. Mark from Dickinson, North Dakota. What's your question, Mark? Yes, Father. Thank you for taking my call. And oh, good morning, Mark. I guess on on uh, Saturday I was in Mass, and uh, Father was talking about indulgences. And I guess my question was that he said something about going to the cemetery and then going to Mass and probably going to confession before Mass and, and then receiving. And I was just, you could explain what more indulgence means. You know, oh, very good. Oh, very good. Well, and, and, and indulgence is a, a particular type of grace. So again, we go back to the two qualities of, of sin and then the graces that, if, that our Lord gives to remedy. So if one incurs guilt because of sin, one remedies that through confession, the sacrament of confession, or if it's a venial sin, also through could be through an act of contrition or an act of sorrow to God for the venial sin. And then when we think of the remission of the consequences that God gives to the soul, that, that that's a second part. We, we deal with the damages and the graces of our Lord's passion and, and death 
can remake and renew everything, including the damages that our sin uh, brings about uh, through the commission of whatever is wrong and offending to God. If you think of Adam and Eve, you know they were not only guilty of original sin, but original sin brought damage into the world that we're suffering with. It damaged all of God's creation, including carried on to us now. So the but the work of Jesus Christ, the new Adam, uh, and in union the new Eve working with the new Adam, that is our blessed mother, can recreate all things new. So an indulgence taps into those graces to heal and make new and to work on restoring to the original order of everything uh, and to remit those damages because our Lord's offering is perfect. Now, to to have that perf- uh, uh, application regarding to receive a plenary indulgence, so the church has in mind and teaches that one would need to go to sacramental confession uh, before or after the act, whatever the action of the plenary indulgence is, in this case we're mentioning the visiting the cemetery, uh, 20 days before or after is the general timeline. So go to confession in a, in a time that's close to the action. And one confession could account for several days of asking for a plenary indulgence. There's also necessity to receive Holy Communion on the day. Uh, that one would ask for the plenary indulgence and then to perform the work, the whatever the particular work, and again, this case is uh, visiting a cemetery. There are other uh, common works that one could do to request a plenary indulgence from our Lord, which would include, say, making the stations of the cross in a church or praying the rosary in a church or going to spend a half hour with our Lord in adoration in the Blessed Sacrament. One could ask for a plenary indulgence, and there's several others uh, that could be a possible plenary indulgence. So in this these times right now, our Holy Mother, the Church wants us to focus on the souls in purgatory in a special way and offers a plenary indulgence for the act of going to visit the cemetery. Now, there's one other thing that I must mention is that as part of, re- of requesting the plenary indulgence, our Lord desires us to completely uh, and perfectly reject all sin, uh, to want to be free and to choose in our heart an act of the will to reject all sin in our lives. Uh, and that would include all venial sin, to reject and be resolved, uh, to live perfectly one's baptismal promises, to love God above all, one's neighbor as oneself, and to reject uh, authoritatively and conclusively uh, the, the works of the devil and his temptations. Uh, it doesn't mean one is perfect all the time, uh, but but. It, one must make that act of, of assent and love for God, surrender to his will, uh, as one is asking and rejection of all sin uh, that the devil proposes in one's life. So, Otherwise, it would be like saying, I don't want to be anywhere near this poisonous snake, but yet still yeah. holding on to it loosely. Yeah. You cannot that doesn't make you, any sense. You can't let yourself stay even a little bit in love. You want to, we want to receive the plenary indulgence and our Lord uh, is happy to offer those graces. Uh, yes. I want to point out one other plenary indulgence and that's when someone is near the end of their life. The, the priest has the authority to give what's called the apostolic pardon. That is a, a, a form of a plenary indulgence actually oh. for someone who's dying. When the, So that's, uh, sometimes I preach on that to be sure if a loved one is dying that you ask for not only anointing and and any prayers for someone who is dying, but also that apostolic pardon. It's a powerful grace. Uh, there are times when I'm offering that grace to someone who's on who's dying or passing that I just I feel the grace go out of me. It's a powerful grace <laughs> that our Lord is acting to save souls. It's it's really beautiful. And that's specifically for someone who is at death's door. On their deathbed, that's right. So yeah, that's another that, form of a plenary indulgence. As opposed to the wider uh, gift of the anointing of the sick for those who are just sick. Sure, and have some danger of death, but are not necessarily imminently dying. Sure. So. Okay. Yeah. Does that answer your question, Mark? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Mark. Thanks for calling in today. 
Again, you're listening to Real Presence Live, 45 minutes past the hour. This is Straight Talk, where you have a chance to call in and talk to Father Randall Kazel about something uh, regarding the Catholic faith you might have on your heart, something that you want to discuss, get clarified. I can tell Father Father Kazel is an experienced, seasoned apologist, <laughs> counselor, explainer, defender of the faith. And you can talk to him right now at 877-795-0122. Again, that number, 877-795-0122. As we are coming to you live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota, where Father Kazel is pastor, along with some of the locations that I don't remember again. I'm so sorry. St. <laughs> Paul in Zambroda. <laughs> St. Mary in Belchester, Holy Trinity in Good Youth, oh, yes. right. and St. Columkill in Bell Creek. And there's another priest who works with me here. Somebody out there might be thinking, wow, how does he do all five? But there's, I have another priest, Father McCabe, uh, who does a great job work, working together. So People would be calling in saying, where'd you get this Matt Wilkham guy from? You can't even remember where his co-host is pastor. Get him out of here. We're going to keep you around. we got to get through the show. Uh, we have another listener who is asking a, a question who was at a parish this weekend where they sang a song that seemed opposed to what they believe, what we believe as Catholics. Mm-hmm. What should we do, this listener asks, if we see something like this pop up and we are a visitor of that church? Father Kazel? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so number one, uh, generally, in the priest experience, if you find something that's discomforting, uh, probably right after the Mass is not the best time because the priest is usually visiting with people or, or working on you know greeting or whatever it might be. Uh, and then also, secondly, it, it, if you take a, a day or two to look back and look, look at what that song was or whatever the, the questionable event was and to look up and do a little research, and then if you find like it, it affirms that this, this really was a problem, well, then it would be good and healthy to bring it to the attention of the pastor. And then if, if there's not resolution there or not uh, recourse, then perhaps even to do something toward the bishop, you know, that would be uh, appropriate, possible if there's, but the first step would be first understand what, what the trouble is. Is there really an issue uh, um, or not? Uh, so, and then secondly, uh, then just go directly to where there was the source of the question. Um, and then, there are other steps that one could further take if one if one does not have recourse or there's there's still a difficulty there so that's that's a difficult situation but it but it's a, entirely appropriate that one would be able to uh, find and discover because we're, we're our hearts and minds are made for truth and we're made for the, the truth and love cannot be separated and you know, we need to have it be seriously that we want to portray the truth but end with love and they they need to go together father Kazel, I have heard it said that it's also helpful if you not only point out something that might be wrong, but also propose something positive yes, along with that. You're right. One of the things that I like to do is to encourage pastors, parishes to take up the propers of the church. There are great resources for uh, chanting the propers, uh, both in Latin and in English. I, I tend to go with the English because I'm not my, my Latin is not quite there yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. Yes. Um, but uh, and that's something that could either go along with a hymn, or that which could replace a hymn, depending upon your parish's resources. But these propers, they're called they're proper because they are they're called propers because they're proper to the particular feast or Sunday that you're mm-hmm. celebrating. And these are really scriptural touchstones that the church gives us for each particular feast throughout the liturgical year. And so we really, as a 
as as a church, as parishes, should be looking to those first. We should be attentive to those first, because that's what the church offers to us as kind of a first option in those positions it, when you're coming in, Father, for the entrance, for example. Yeah, very, that's right, Matt. So you have the entrance antiphon, for example, that uh, uh, what I have a practice, a lot of times we'll, we'll speak the entrance antiphon on a weekday, and then the communion antiphon after at communion time, and but they could also be chanted, and the, and those are like you mentioned right out of scripture, and there's no theological issue with with any of those. That's a, that's a very good point. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's this chant is it really grew up along with the liturgy. It's a, mm-hmm. a way that you can bring to life even more the words actually of the liturgy itself, rather than singing at mass. Let's let's actually sing the mass. Right. That way, we're we're lifting up our prayer even all the more. And then, the, then that way there's no question as to whether this is legitimate or not. Should we be singing this? Is this theologically correct? There's no guessing game. That's right. And it, it, it sort of begs the question that, that are words important? And the answer, of course, yeah, yes, words are important. What, what, what do the words mean? What do the phrases mean together? And our theology has precise wording and precise phrases that demonstrate or explain what we believe. And our faith is a gift to us. And our faith, it's possible to know with uh, a, a great degree of clarity. We can refer to our catechism written out in phrases and sentences and, and put together with a the words that express what our Lord has given us about himself. So the words do matter, and our faith expresses that in a, in a language. So yeah. it is a good pursuit to strive to understand and to have that precision. I, I also think it's a great exercise in listening as well. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I, I can get a little winded when I'm trying to sing all of these verses of these hymns throughout the Mass. <laughs> By the end of the Mass, I'm just exhausted. Anyway, we have another question. Father Kazel Vicky wants to know how long she needs to pray for a soul after they have passed away. Has, uh, she has a sister that, has, that died two years ago and one that died ten years ago. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, that, that is a, there's a little bit of a subjective quality to that. I, what I encourage people to do is, is to not stop praying. Uh, it, even if the soul has completed the purgation and has been brought by his or her guardian angel into heaven, uh, that the soul can still, uh, re- uh, uh, then have the, the prayers will not be wasted is what I'm striving to say that the, our Lord will honor the prayer of love on behalf of that soul. Ultimately, when we pray for a loved one or, or any soul in purgatory, it is an act of love and an act of love always generates the gift of more love. So, uh, it, I encourage people to continue to pray as, as long as uh, uh, possible. Uh, there, there really is, um, you know, really not a reason to, to discontinue. So um, I think more generally, uh, the difficulty is, is that there are many souls in purgatory that have no one to pray for them. Uh, there's not anyone offering, say, a mass or, or works of sacrifice or prayer on their behalf. Uh, but if, when we love a loved one and pray for them, wondering maybe they are in purgatory still or perhaps in heaven, well, our Lord will receive those and he will apply them uh, with a, a good blessing to other souls who do not have uh, that love. Because love brims over, love is overflowing, and our Lord wants to bless and ben- give benefit for the works of love we do, uh, even when we lack certitude. So I just encourage people to continue to pray uh, and know that oneself also benefits from that. Uh, when we pray for other people, it, we're, we also receive the blessing of the act of love and prayer for them. Absolutely. Great advice, Father Kazel. We have just a few minutes left in our Straight Talk segment here on Real Presence Live on a Monday morning, November 4th, 2019. I'm Matt Wilcom. 
Communications Director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, a grateful guest here at the parish offices of my co-host, Father Randall Kazel, at the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. And your chance right now to talk to Father Kazel about anything you'd like regarding the Catholic faith. You have a question, a question about maybe uh, the liturgy, about spirituality, about a particular problem you're facing in your own spiritual life. Please give us a call right now, 877-795-0122. Again, that number, 877-795-0122. We've also had a couple folks go on to our RPR Facebook page and propose a couple of questions, which you just answered very, very, uh, very well there. And uh, so people can go on, on our Facebook page, ask, put your name down. If you don't want to put your name you, you can say, I want to be anonymous. That's fine, too. Uh, but again, the number, 877-795-0122, to talk to Father Randall Kazel right now. Yeah, very good. As we're waiting for another question, I'll, I'll get into one that I had recently, actually, from a parishioner. I say, Father, how do I be a saint? How does that happen? What, what, what more ought I think about? And the reality is, is anyone who, who goes to heaven will want to be there. And thus the negative of that phrase, anyone who does not want to go to heaven will not be there. So we, we have to want to go to heaven. It's a really act of a will. It, it is, yeah. And even before the will acts to say, you know what, I want to be a saint, I choose it, is there is the desire. So what we really need to be conscientious and intentional is to grow in our desire to be in heaven. And how do we grow in our desire really for anything in this world? I, I have people come to me and talk about, Father, you know, our family's outgrowing our house. Uh, will you pray that we can find that right house for our family? Will they desire a bigger or a different living circumstance that will benefit their family? I have families come and say, Father, we're looking for a different vehicle. Can you pray or help us out in any way with that? It's like, well, sure, but they have a desire for it. Or sometimes he goes, some Father, I don't like my job or I lost my job. I desire something different. Well, they're desiring and they have certain circumstances that lead to it, and then they act on it. Well, it's no different than heaven. And so if we grow the desire for heaven, we will will it all the more fervently, which pleases Jesus. So how do we grow the desire? Well, we need to take time conscientiously to think about heaven. Think about why one would want to be there. Think about the consequences of good, the consequences of evil, and think about the blessing and the eternal, unending happiness. To me, that's that's one of the great things to think about. Is like this unending, eternal happiness forever, ever, 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 and ever. There's no end, and we we get momentary times of happiness in this life. We think, oh, isn't that great? And then this or that, whatever it is, and the team won, or wasn't that a great, you know, dessert or whatever it might be. We would have had a little happiness there, or what, you know, some kind of joke that we all laugh we had fun times with friends but imagine experiencing that at every moment is an elation of happiness and the complete fulfillment of that desire for happiness all the time without stop without end uh, it's, it just kind of blows my mind a little bit when you really stop to think about it yeah that's that's desire happiness perfect and, fulfillment that's right for all eternity Exactly. It really does blow your mind. So, I, um, but each, each day, Matt, we need to think about that. We need to, and, it, and what happens is that habitual thinking about heaven increases our desire and it increases our readiness to choose and will whatever that path to, toward heaven is for each one of us uniquely. I love that. Uh, talk, when you talk about the will, my, my dad, he was, uh, he's a retired dentist. And uh, he said, in dentistry, we have a phrase. And I, I only later kind of realized, like, well, this is more, more of a general axiom for life but he said in dentistry we have a we have a, a, a phrase where there's a will there's a way 
Yes. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yep. You may come up against some really difficult circumstances. You might have a patient who is not just not going to be satisfied no matter what you do, but you're going to do your best. And if you have that will to just keep plugging along, even if you have a bad day, then you'll get through it. Yeah, but I want to balance this out. You know, I'd be sure to balance this out for the theologians out there. Is that we don't we don't will ourselves to heaven, uh, but we don't get to heaven without our will because right. God God made us without our consent, mm-hmm. uh, but He won't save us without our consent. So we have to consent to be saved. So it is a, our will is important to be saved. We have to choose it, but then then it's a gift. Right, it's God's grace. Right, who can, who then working with our saying yes to how God wants us to bring us there, and that each day. So it's it's a gift, uh, but we we must will and choose to be on that path to heaven. So, right, and then God's grace. Uh, uh, will take us there. In the end, everything is grace. Yes, right. You're listening to Real Presence Live. We have just a couple minutes left in the Straight Talk segment. Uh, we have a one last uh, part. Uh, we have an event, actually, that we want to highlight that's on the minds of a lot of South Dakotans today, Father. Uh-huh. And it says, join us for a prayer vigil for Charles Rines during the hour of his scheduled execution. Hmm. The event is today from 1 to 2 p.m. Hmm. And Father Kazel, can, can you speak to the Respect for Life event for a person who commits murder? Yeah, we we reverence every single life, and we we wish to have our Lord be present there in those moments, especially for the salvation of his soul. Uh, we, we want to work for the salvation of souls and the salvation of a person to be in heaven. And uh, the the desire is that a soul have that opportunity to repent from sin and that, that time, because time is a gift, life is a gift, and each and every day is, is precious to our Lord uh, for each and every human person. And so, yeah, it is good that we will pray that our Lord will grant graces for this soul uh, and so it, it sounds that there's no more opportunities for remission of this so it looks like it and this event is at the cathedral in Sioux Falls yeah from 1 to 2 p.m. a prayer vigil for Charles Rines yeah. who will be executed and uh, we pray for his soul and for his family so yeah. um, thank you so much for joining us on the straight talk segment it's more Real Presence Live coming up next <laughs> 